You're listening to a Mango Languages podcast. Language teaching is hard, but there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic. That's why we created this show, Teaching Languages Today, a podcast for world language educators about what's working and what's not. Listen in for the problems fellow teachers are facing, learn what solutions they found, and get some much-needed self-care reminders of why you fell in love with teaching in the first place. Hi, I'm Emily, your host for the show. In each episode, I'll be taking you on a journey into seeing world language ed through a new lens by sitting down with an all-star lineup of teachers, administrators, parents, and students. It's my hope that the stories you hear in this show will get you thinking and feeling different about what you do in the classroom. Bonjour, and welcome back to Teaching Languages Today. I'm your guide, Emily. In this episode, we're talking about the four secrets to smart ed tech use. And there's a lot that we're going to get into, like what criteria should you consider when buying ed tech for your school? How can you evaluate the effectiveness of ed tech that your school's already purchased? And what are some best practices for helping teachers integrate new software into their classes? I got to sit down with Irving ISD District EL Instructional Lead, Anid Sierra to discuss the four secrets to shopping smart when it comes to ed tech software. You know, regardless of whether you ultimately use Mango Languages for your ed tech software or whether you're looking for software to serve a different need in your school, this episode really does help you think about what software do you need, who is it for, and is it going to be effective? I learned a lot in this episode, and I hope that you enjoy it just as much. Without further ado, this was my conversation with Anid Sierra. Hello, my name is Anit Sierra. I was actually born and raised in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Y trabajo en el distrito de Irving ISD in Texas. Um, I've been in the district for 17 years. And uh, for the last 10 and a half years, I've been working with the dual language secondary programs as well as the foreign languages programs and work with our secondary ESL students. Una de las cosas con las que pues trabajo diario es motivar a los estudiantes para tener éxito en inglés. And my language story, I guess, is my first language is Spanish, but I was fortunate enough to attend private school when I was growing up in Puerto Rico. So English was part of our education. I do not have perfect English, so I understand, you know, some of the struggles of some of our kiddos when they come to the country and learning a second language. Gracias, Anid. So tell us a little bit about your school. You know, how many languages are spoken? How many emerging bilingual students do you have? What's the makeup? Como les dije ahorita, uh, I work for Irving ISD in Texas. It's a mid-sized district around the Metroplex area. At the present time, we have over 32,000 students. And out of those 32,000 students, we have close to 16,000 emergent bilinguals. If we talk about percent, it's 49.6%. So it's a district with, with a lot of emergent bilinguals. Our number one language is Spanish. That's where we have our biggest enrollment. Then it's followed by French and Arabic. And then after that, there's uh, in total of 49 different languages, including dialects. So we've seen students that come from Africa and some Asian towns. So some of their dialects, it's what they call their home language. So, it, you know, sometimes we struggle with finding resources for them to be able to support our students in that sense. There's not a lot of uh, resources out there when it comes to dialect because, you know, it's local. It's, it belongs to that community, to that specific place in, in the world. So that's kind of an overall what our district looks like. So in your opinion, 
what makes good educational software good and what makes bad educational software bad? One of the things that makes educational software good is that the programs are simple, that they're easy to navigate, that both students and the teachers are able to access it. And we want to make sure that, I guess, the design is attractive to students because sometimes some of those softwares are just so bland and they're not student appealing. So I guess that could be one bad thing. Like if they're not appealing to your audience, if if you're talking about a software for elementary or for secondary, you have to have different types of graphics because if they look too childish, then, you know, the older kids are not going to tend to gravitate to use it successfully. Okay, so point one was that the software needs to be user-friendly to engage both students and teachers. That brings us to point number two, which has to do with tracking student progress. In order to continue to support, you know, any application or any software that we purchase district-wide, uh, we have to be able to provide data that shows student growth, that shows that there's really been that academic growth in the student. So if we are just spending our monies on a program that is not going to meet the needs of our students, and the way for us to assess that is looking at that data, like how often are students logging in, you know, how, how much time are they spending in there, is, has there been any progress when it comes to language position or to academics that we've seen growth. So if the program doesn't provide that, then it's like, mm, this might not be the right software for us because it's the only way also to talk to parents and tell them, you know, how our students are, how their kids are progressing because it's all about the parents and the teaching community uh, working together to make sure our students are being successful. Okay. So point number two was, does this software make it easy to track student progress? After all, teachers need to be able to easily assess student progress, and administrators need to be able to easily view student usage data. Now on to point number three, which is all about getting proof that the thing actually works. There's a lot of educational software and applications out there. But when you have the research behind it, okay, so this is a company that have also been looking into what's working and what's not working, and then adjusting to the needs of, you know, our students Yeah. Before I would buy a piece of software, I would want to know, is this pedagogically sound? Is there an independent study that has been done to demonstrate the efficacy of this product pedagogically? And that is one thing that I I like about the Mango product is that we do have that independent study that demonstrates the success on student outcomes. Does having that kind of information beforehand help your school make its decision? Oh, yes, of course. It's that hard data to support an investment because at the end of the day, it's an investment that the district is making on the product. Okay, got it. Point number three, get proof that the software actually works. Point number four, our last point in this episode is about, can you guess it? Customer service. If there's not really good customer service, then you're in limbo. So I need to invest on a tool that provides that very human customer service. Like if there's an issue and it could be as little as, oh my God, the app is not working today. Let me call or let me email this person and you get an immediate response. You know, in the past I've worked with other companies that takes days in order for a response. And then you're like, you have teachers waiting, you have students waiting. So then your customer service becomes also our customer service because at the end of the day, that's who we're serving too. We're serving 
including teachers and students. And one of the things that I love about Mango is that any issues, there's always an immediate response. And I appreciate because it lets release a little bit of my stress on my side. Oh my God, like I can't get a hold of them. Oh no, that's not true. I can get a hold of them immediately and things will move quickly. So it's very, very important. Like customer service is like, I will say one of the top after, you know, looking at the data and the research because summer service can take you a long way. Awesome. I'm so happy to hear that your experience has been a good one. Okay. So now that we talked about the four secrets to smart ed tech use, let's talk implementation because let's be honest, oftentimes just purchasing the software doesn't solve all the problems instantaneously. Actually, it usually doesn't. There needs to be a process of implementing the software into the classroom, getting teachers to integrate it into the curriculum. It's really worth taking a second to think about how you're going to integrate the software that you're purchasing with the curriculum that you have. When you're introducing a new educational technology to your teachers, is it something that you require all the teachers to use? Is it optional thing? How do you guys usually handle that? A lot of the software, like in this case, um, it's encouraged because we were very targeted on who we give access to Mango. Like this year, we've been working very closely with our middle school and high school newcomers, which is our years zero to three years in the country. You know, we want to be intentional about who we are trying to impact and and how we're going to impact. So once we identify those students and those teachers, then we meet with them. And we had several trainings with the Mango reps. And then we also had some in-house follow-ups to make sure that the teachers are accessing the program correctly and providing the, the tools to the students. Because this is a supplemental software. This is not what going to drive 100% of the teacher instruction. This is just, you know, to support that language acquisition. We really encourage, especially um, at the high school level, we have a, a newcomer class that is only for specific qualifying students, and that's part of one of their station rotations is the use of Mango. So we've been very intentional of providing the support that teachers need in order to use the app. Um, and now with the new report, it's like, oh, okay, you have this many students logging in constantly. How can we continue to encourage the rest of the class to log in and use the application? So, so we do provide um, the training that you guys have, you know, supported us with. But then uh, we do our follow-up piece and try not to say that it's mandatory, but encourage, encourage our students, our teachers to use it as often as they can. It sounds like your school uses this ed tech software mostly for ESL, right? Not for world languages. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We use it in the ESL classrooms. Yeah. And I think that's a good reminder too, that you don't have to go all in on educational software every time you're looking for it. I think your approach to being specific about why you need it, who needs it, and then being intentional with how you're, you know, spending that money, which is precious for every school. I think that's, I think that's a really smart thing. And I'm glad to see that you guys are doing it. Well, did you have anything else, Anid, that you wanted to share with our listeners? I guess um, one last thing is that, you know, when you see students um, working on the software application and being successful and feeling successful and getting that motivation that they need in order to learn the language, then it's like when you go, oh, okay, you know, little things here and there are making an impact and we can definitely see it because, you know, we're all humans and we all have the capacity to learn 3000 languages if we want to. It's just being able to provide the right tools and the right teachers to be successful. And I think a key aspect of the motivation piece is when you're thinking about some ed tech software to buy, you want it to be challenging and allow the student to feel successful. Like they they can't just be one or the other. If it's too hard, too challenging and not engaging, 
students simply won't use it or get anything out of it. If it's too easy, they'll feel successful, but they won't be making that learning growth. So I think striking that balance, it can be tough, but when you do, it's so worth it. It is. It is very rewarding. It is very rewarding. And you can see, like, we had this year some students that have been here three months, five months, and how their language has progressed so quickly. But it goes back to that engagement and that motivation. And of course, you know, the teaching factor, because, you know, they're the ones in the trenches. So these additional tools have definitely helped our kiddos. And it's just so rewarding when you see them not being afraid to speak with an accent or not. You know, that little reward moments that in education, you know, they fill my cup. Yeah, I, I know at Mango, we're really passionate and insistent that ed tech and software should never replace real life teachers. It's always, it always should be seen as a supplement. And I guess the only exception to that is if a school district is going to, if they don't have any funding for real in-person language teachers, it's just not in the cards. Sure, some education, some software is better than no education in language. But by all means, like, the teachers are the ones in the trenches. Yeah, yeah. But it's great to have, you know, those tools like Mango to support the growth of, of our students. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Anid, for being on the show. It was a joy. And I hope you have a safe and happy rest of your week. Oh, thank you. You too. You too, Emily. Thanks. Ciao. <laughs> Bye. Well, that was my conversation with Irving ISD District EL Instructional Lead, Anid Sierra. We discussed the four secrets to shopping smart when it comes to EdTech software. So to recap, here are the four questions that Anid recommends all schools ask when vetting and purchasing educational software. Number one, is it user-friendly? Number two, is it easy to track student progress and student usage? Number three, is there proof that the product works the way the company says it does? And lastly, point number four, does the company have a demonstrated history of good customer service? If you'd like to connect with Anid Sierra, you can follow her on Twitter at AnidPSU, that's E-N-I-D-P-S-U. Her email is E-Sierra with two R's at irvingisd.net. We've linked all of those handles and emails for you in the description of this episode. And what you'll also find in the description is a link to a free PDF that summarizes those four questions every school should ask when shopping smart for EdTech. Well, that's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of Teaching Languages Today. Bon au revoir. Bye. Stay tuned for our next episode of Teaching Languages today. If you want to be the first to know when that episode goes live, then make sure you follow the show. If you like today's show, I invite you to give us a follow, give us a like, leave us a review. Well, for me and the Mango Languages family, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Ciao! This episode was hosted, produced, and edited by me, Dr. Emily Sabo. Our production manager is Dr. Erica Catregli. And our audience was, oh, wait, that's you. <laughs>